Welcome to the Finance Cafe, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. Join your hosts, founders of the Finance Cafe, Shannon Peston and Shauna Frederick, every week as they dive into conversations about business and finance with women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them. With their combined experience in finance and accounting, Shannon and Shauna know financial management is more than numbers, but rather the combination of our lived experience, skills, attitudes and behaviors, and how these come together to shape the financial decisions we make along our entrepreneurial journeys. It's about uncovering the story of our businesses, being empowered by our decisions and unlocking our full potential as entrepreneurs. Here at Finance Cafe, we're changing the way we talk about finance and empowering women entrepreneurs to see their business in a new light. One story and one number at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Frederick, and I am thrilled to be joined today by Victoria Selly and Shelby Fernand from Fly and Fetch. I can't believe here we are, the end of August. We're wrapping up summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And ladies, how was your summer? Very busy. <laughs> but yeah, busy on our end, but at the same time, trying to enjoy as much as we can. I know when we're when we're here in the northern hemisphere we have to take advantage of the warm weather as we can. So I know the listeners didn't tune in today to hear us talk about the weather. So let's first of all, I would love for the two of you to introduce yourself. So Victoria, why don't we start with you? Okay, great. So my name is Victoria Selly. I am the CEO and co-founder of Fly and Fetch. I am in charge of operations and finance, and the main goal that I have for my company is to be the next global solution for international shipping. I was born and raised in Ecuador, and I moved here to Canada four years ago. Back home in Ecuador, I was working for the government in public finance, and I also had my own business, and I was helping small companies to increase their revenue and sell their items in the national market in Ecuador. Amazing. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us today. Shelby, tell our listeners all about you. Hello, everyone. I'm Shelby Fernan. I am the CEO and co-founder of Fly and Fetch. So I do a lot of things that most of my team doesn't do. So I do fundraising, partnerships, legal, all of those things. And I also lead the team and um, try to make it as fun as possible for them. So I am also an immigrant from the Philippines. I moved here eight years ago. And um, that basically sparked the idea of Blind Patch is that immigrant portion. So we'll tell you more about that later. And uh, my background is that me and Victoria met in class as our entrepreneurship and innovation degree at NEAT. And um, I worked for the job placement consultant before. And I've also led some Filipino communities as well uh, before. So those in total just led me to like where I am today. Happy to be here. This is amazing. I love the story of the two of you coming together through school, and we're going to learn all about that. But I'm really excited for today's episode because the two of you are really disrupting the shipping industry. So, Victoria, why don't you first of all tell our listeners what is Fly and Fetch and how did the idea come about? Yes. So, 
BioFetch is a startup company based in Edmonton, Alberta, and our mission is to provide affordable and reliable international shipping. So we are a modern shipping company that is making shipping cheaper, faster, and friendlier. We're actually 80% cheaper and two times faster than courier companies. And how this started is very funny because Shelby and myself were just having coffee and talking about Shelby's next business, which was supposed to be an earrings company business. So we have this entrepreneurial mind. We were talking about all the details, how everything is going to work, and everything made sense. But when I was asking her about logistics, like, okay, so where are you going to be shipping your earrings from? How is that going to work? She told me she that she was going to be shipping everything from the Philippines. And my first reaction was like, no, that's not going to work because shipping is so expensive. Your earrings are going to be extremely expensive. And she was like, no, that's not going to happen. I will find someone who is traveling back to Canada and I will just pay that person $50 for one or two kilos of earrings and that's it. And that was our aha moment. In that moment, we realized that actually that was a way cooler business idea and we start creating Fly and Fetch. I love that. Shelby, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, definitely. Like we, like Fly and Fetch is absolutely inspired by my own experience as an immigrant and how we handle things as immigrants, how we don't really use FedEx or DHL to ship packages because it's just expensive or there's a lot of distrust in the system. And we just randomly look for friends or family that is going home and ask them to ship packages. And, And what we realize is that there's actually a lot of Facebook groups out there that informally does this. And they have like 200,000 members. And every day they're just like, Hey, who's going, who's going home? Who's going to this place or that place? And you know, it's just like, it's just funny how like this community fostered from just like informal shipping. And so that's just like an opportunity that we're going after and, and um, we're monetizing and, and we're making shipping better for everyone. That's fantastic. And I, I love the whole notion of community because it's so important as we're building our business that we're building a strong community behind it. But by the sounds of it, there was a community there for you to really challenge that and, and to and to bring in a newer concept and and to build that business around it. So kudos to the two of you. That's so great. And I mean, we're talking about this in a very timely fashion. We have heard throughout the pandemic issues with supply chain, logistics, shipping challenges, shipping rates increasing, you know, three, four, five hundred percent, you know, rising prices, goods stuck in ports. So Shelby, why don't you help our listeners understand really what Fly and Fetch is doing to solve this problem? Yes. So our solution is very based on Uber or Airbnb models, which is the shared economy economy model. So rather than using typical air cargo or any cargo solution, we hire travelers who transport packages for us. And, And the interesting part is that we actually give travelers free flights and for them to carry our packages. And so I've tried this multiple times and it worked really well. I was so happy as a traveler for Fly and Fetch. I mean, no bias there. Um, <laughs> and and so with with that solution, it's very straightforward. We're like, it, you know, a, a, a sender would drop it off at our hub in Manila and then our travel would, would, would bring it to to Edmonton or to Calgary, and then we deliver it to our receiver. And in that way, we're faster 
we're we're cheaper and at the same time we're more environmentally friendly because you know we save carbon carbon dioxide emission and and also at the same time we're impacting so much people because our travelers get to travel for free and um we also have a gig worker as our hub manager that also benefit from this so it's sort of like we created this community to have a better service in shipping and um yeah and and right now comparable to our competitors we're 80% cheaper and we're two times faster for international shipping it's only 2 to 3 days and usually it's around 7 to 10 days that's so cool cheaper faster and more reliable i love that so Shelby, just to add on to that, how can you help businesses with the solution that you're providing? Yes. So for for businesses, um, it's exactly the same exact solution is that we're giving, uh, you know, faster, cheaper, and more reliable. So for our B2B customers, most of them love the part of reliability of our platform, just because they know exactly that it will arrive. They know exactly that it will arrive with the best condition that it could be because it's not thrown away in in a random warehouse. It's taken care of by our travelers and it arrived in like the best conditions as it is. And, And with our shipping history, we never have um, damage or we never have any theft or like loss cases with with ours because it's just straightforward at the same time you no know, travelers just like it's just very very taken care of compared to other solutions out there so i have to ask so i'm a i'm a traveler i get a free flight through fly and fetch and i and somebody gives me a package to take into canada or to take out of canada how do i know what's in the package how do i know it's even legal that's a very, very good question. And that's something we always explain to our travelers because we want them to feel safe while they're traveling with Fly and Fetch. So we have a process. The first one is that we make sure all the items are allowed at the destination and we follow all the airline guidelines. So they are so they are going to be safe. The other one is that we have hub managers in every location and our hub managers are trained on what they can accept and cannot accept in every single shipment. And the third one is that a traveler is never going to receive a sealed box. Uh, the traveler is going to be able to check everything. They are mandatorily requested to inspect everything. And at the end, they have the right to decline any package they don't feel safe carrying with them. That's so amazing. I love that process. And as a shipper, how do I know that the travelers are not going to steal my goods? That's also a very good question. And we verified every traveler. We have a lot of applications and we make sure to choose the right travelers. And yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, like in addition to that is that, I mean, at the end of the day, we are the ones who process all the shipment. And so our senders have us as like that layer because we process all of it from our hub to our travelers. And if ever, like, you know, the, like there's that, that level of trust, like, okay, you're sending through fly and fetch. And if something, uh, something happens badly, then you can come to us and we can fix it for you. We can find you a solution and we'll help you out on like how to, to sort of like do it. They don't really have to handle all of the traveler and then figure that out because that's our job. And that's why we created this company is like to make sure that all of those are like ease free for our senders. And they just basically all they think about is like making sure they drop it off and then it arrives to the receiver. So cool. How many locations do you, are you guys currently serving? 18 hub locations in the 
main cities in Canada and the Philippines. Amazing. And remind our listeners, when did Fly and Fetch start? When did you incorporate? Uh, so we started in um, November of 2019. So we're turning three soon. And then we started as like a peer-to-peer shipping. It's think of it as a Tinder for like travelers and senders. And then um, we changed our business model because we're not really a dating site. <laughs> um, and so we, we changed our business model around um, 18 months, 19 months ago. And um, that, that free flights, we decided to just give free flights to people like around 18 months ago. Awesome. Awesome. I I love that story. So this wouldn't be a financial podcast if we didn't talk about some of the financial aspects of it. So Victoria, Shelby, we know that access to financial capital remains a barrier for women entrepreneurs and even more so for immigrant entrepreneurs. What has your experience been and how are you overcoming this barrier? So Victoria, why don't we start with you? I have so many things to say. (laughs) Okay. So um, when we just up in our bank account, for example, uh, we really needed to have a credit card just to pay like general business expenses. We needed to pay our lawyer. We needed to pay our bills. I didn't want to be thinking about going every month to every single uh, website to pay my bills, right? So I needed a credit card so I can have more time to do other things that are important for the business. And we couldn't get one. So it was very, very hard for them to give us a credit card. We didn't really understand why. Um, after one year or so, they gave us our first business card. Uh, and before that, honestly, I was just using like a personal business card. I opened a different bank account that it was only for Fly and Fetch. So I was able to get a, a credit card and pay everything because I didn't have time to do those small tasks. Anyways, after one year, we were able to open to have our first credit card. And the limit is so low that honestly, we can't even pay our lawyers with those, <laughs> with the limit that we currently have. And that's very sad. And uh, now that we are very, very focused on growing our business and expanding, we need more working capital. So one of the strategies we had in mind was to open a line of credit. So we can use that money to buy more tickets and sell more and just grow, right? I am still in a work permit, so I don't have my PR. And because I don't have my PR, they were asking us to have a cash collateral to open a line of credit. Meaning that if we want $20,000 line of credit, I need to raise $20,000 in my bank account which doesn't make any sense. Why would I be paying interest using their bank's money if I have $20,000 to freeze? I mean, like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. So uh, as a as a non-PR, so as a non-permanent residence, the bank was unwilling to provide you a line of credit without having that collateral on the side at all times in your bank. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And are you still working through that with them, Victoria? Honestly, we I decided to interview a lot of banks. So that was like, I was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm just going to be calling different banks. Those that have those uh, great programs for entrepreneurs. And it was the same situation uh, in every single place. And even when I asked them to increase my, my credit card limit, uh, they didn't do it because of the same reason. Oh, my goodness. And so how many banks did you interview, Victoria? Four. 
four banks and all the same answer. So I just want to pause there because I know that, I mean, the success of fly and fetch is the result of other means other than the bank. So Shelby, why don't, why don't you talk to us about your experience with access to financial capital? Yeah, I think that uh, part of like me and Victoria started like when Victoria was a student and we're barely optimized whatever available money out there that we could grab. And I, I recommend that to anyone to just like open, be open and apply to all of those opportunities. And so our very first money that we invested in Fine Fetch was a price for a pitch competition and we use that and we leverage that and um over and over again we were able to go to like different programs um you know like some startup edmonton program we got some grants from alberta innovate and you know some earring funding some local especially local help in the community and that's um that's that i would i would say like we wouldn't be where we are if we didn't have as of course as victoria mentioned like it's very hard for us to get you know institutional money um on our end and and it's just harder on, on that side and so we really, we really leverage that and we're very thankful that you know our our relationship in the community sort of like helped that out and them knowing us um as founders and then who we are and, and our involvement in the community sort of like help that in that sense and also we got some funding from you know uh, venture capitalists and angel investors and of course like as a woman we all know this and we're we're young and we're women of color i i would say that like it's harder for us to to sort of like be like i would say like it's more of like the conversation of how to handle a conversation when you're raising funds it's just different because you know you will you will be asked different questions you will be you will be they will assume a lot of things about you that you know they don't assume with another gender for example or if you look differently and I guess that um, one thing, and, and I think what I love about having Victoria as my co-founder and like having that like support is that we just go back to each other, we vent for maybe an hour, and then we just move on. And we're like, you know what? Let's just work harder, and um, and uh, and and do things. And and I think that it's um it's important for me that Victoria is there to sort of like understand, you know, do all the financials, the projections, the cash flow, all of those things, and then she. I go in and just like tell that story to everyone and having that support and just focus on like acquiring the the funding that we need um, as a company. And then I have that as a support because I would not be able to, you know, it would be too much work for us if, if we ever, I ever have to do, to do all of those things. I, love it. I, I, I love that, that great attitude. And I want to get into the financial piece, but I have to ask you because you mentioned it. What's the, craziest question you've been asked you think as an as an immigrant entrepreneur oh my god (laughs) oh my god um i am still mad about this to be honest um but uh the craziest thing is just it happened um maybe like just a month ago or or like two months ago or so and it's with an angel group a canadian angel group um somewhere in canada so i'm just gonna mention them but one person asked me and knowing you know like a history of blind fetch and all of that which I think is not related actually, but um, they were like, do you guys ensure that every device being shipped in your platform is stolen or not? <laughs> and I was like, okay, what? And anyways, I, I like, yeah, like I think that, you know, like I just don't understand why people would ask that. It's completely not related to the big, like, you know, there's an opportunity, there's a problem that we're solving and, 
I feel like it's so judgmental to like the target audience that I'm serving, which is like, I'm part of it. And, um, but like, those are the questions that I get asked. And sometimes you just either want to confront them or you just like walk away and like, you know, make sure that you tell people the story so that they won't ask the same questions next time. (laughs) Exactly. And, and so important that you are choosing the right partners. Right. It becomes down to the right values and and that you can build that long term relationship with, because if they're coming to the table with those types of questions, it's it's usually not going to get any better from there. So kudos to you for for being able to say, you know what, this isn't the right partnership. Let's let's walk away from that as opposed to, you know, confronting it is one thing. But yeah, taking the high road and saying, you know what? We're going to be successful without you. And here you are three years in and growing. So kudos to the two of you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you. So back to the to the financial piece. So Shelby, you mentioned that Victoria is handling, you know, preparing the financial statements and that. So we know that in addition to um, the barrier to access to financial capital, studies show that against their male counterparts, women feel less financially confident and capable. So Shelby, I know that finance in general might not be your strong suit. So how important was it for you to bring in a co-founder like Victoria to ensure the financial piece was taken care of? I would say very, very, very important to have a Victoria in because I like I think it's more of like a self-reflection for me that like I I I know what financial thing is but like for me it's like more of like managing it controlling it's more of like disciplining myself and and it's just it's just a very broad thing um on that end and having that support from victoria is is just like life-changing i would say and on our end there's also you know there's also that sense of accountability where like whenever we manage like as a business whenever we manage our like finances Victoria consults to me, I consult to Victoria. And it's not just like a very, like, you know, one person decision. And I just like do things and having partnership on that end, we're more careful, we're more, like, you know, we're more careful in like how we spend our money, how we manage it, uh, and all of that. And it's like a, a discussion, which means like we make better financial decision. Absolutely. And, and so Victoria, for you, how is, how important is it for you to continue to share the financial story with Shelby as that to be able to co-manage and that, so you, the two of you can go in and pitch to founders. So how important is it for you? So that's very, very important. As Shelby mentioned before, I'm the one who has like easy access to all the financial statements and I'm the one who is always updating our financial statements or QuickBooks, bookkeeping and everything. But that's what I do by myself. So once I have all those documents ready, I always talk to Shelby about them. So I always share how we're doing, uh, what's our cash flow like, what's our runway. So those are important decisions, sorry, important information that I always share with her because she is the CEO and she, we both together make important decisions, right? So as Shelby said, it's more like, okay, I managed kind of like the technical side, but when it comes to projections, what do we want to do? What's the plan? What's our goal? How we're going to be reaching our goals? It's always the two of us who work together. 
It's so important. And yeah, that ability to be able to bounce ideas off and, and we, we all can't do everything by ourselves. So the fact that you have, you know, partners to work with, I mean, that, that is, that is so important. And, and just the importance of having that financial information, because Victoria, I'm sure if we start with you, you can talk about, you know, when you walk into a bank, either for a loan or a line of credit or a credit card, what's the first thing they want to see from the business? Financial statements, right? Yes. And so if you're not able to share that, it makes it so much dif- more difficult. And then, and Shelby, and I'm sure you're, you're in the, in the pitches too, Victoria, but as you're, as you're going through those pitches again, what do they want to see? They want to see the financial story of the business. So kudos to the two of you for bringing that together and ensuring that, that you're on top of that. I've heard a lot of, a lot of your previous podcast and, and some other interviews with the two of you, and you talk a lot about continuous learning. So Victoria, let's start with you. What would you tell, what's one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Oh my goodness. Only one. <laughs> oh, only, only one. You can, you can give yourself lots. You can write it down later, but let's start with one. <laughs> I will say to learn to delegate everything that I can delegate to be very focused on those important things like that belongs to the co-founders only. I love that. Shelby, what about you? What's one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? I mean, there's definitely a lot of advice that I want to give my my uh, younger self. But since this is a finance podcast, I would definitely tell my younger self to, you know, g- learn how to grow your money. Basically, as a young person, like I wish I invested in Bitcoin when I knew about it in 2013. I wish, mm-hmm. you know, like I I invested in stocks. Like I wish I was I was able to like hop on to those like trend that I because like I, I think for me it's like as a woman part of our empowerment is financial empowerment and I feel like when we when we're less on that end which is of course based on data we like women we usually do get paid less we, we we have less money and I think that's why we are less powerful and we feel less powerful and I feel like that if we were a we we are financially well then we we are more empowered I love that. Learn how to grow your money and learn how to delegate. And the great thing is we can tell our younger selves that, but we can also tell ourselves that right now and we can learn from that. Exactly. That's so great. And so Victoria, what are two to three key items women entrepreneurs need to consider when entering entrepreneurship? I think networking is a big one. We need to be very open to go like outside and talk to people about your business idea, about what you're building, about the needs that you're trying to solve. I feel like that's a big, big one. The other one is uh, seeking mentorship because this is our very first baby, <laughs> our very first business. So we, at the very beginning, we didn't know much. I mean, we're still very, very young and we're still learning every day. So mentors are amazing. And the third one will be Looking for a co-founder. And I will put that one as the first one, actually, because we have met a lot of other women entrepreneurs who are doing this by themselves. And I can see how hard it is. So when you have a co-founder, you can actually talk to that person. You can complain about everything with that person. It's like kind of venting. So that's so important. I love those. Shelby, what about you? I think I would definitely... Uh, add on to the first one that Victoria uh, said, I mean, the first on her rank, which is to, you know, 
choose the people that you are around because that's the same energy that you want to be with. And with, with the startup community or people who are doing the same thing as you, you're more inspired. You have like this group that can help you grow and all of that. So that's, that's awesome. A second, a second thing would be to explore continuous learning because, you know, I have always approached my entrepreneurial suit as like, I don't know enough. And I have to search for new things. I have to look for mentors. I have to read books. I need to watch YouTube videos for me to, to be able to, to know and manage my team. I have to talk to customers to learn more about my product. And I feel that if you have that mind where like, I don't know anything, I need, I need that kind of, of, um, learning from other people, then you're able to sort of like, change according to you know our plan fetch was hit by covid and we were able to get through that and that's because of how we sort of like handle things and there's just a lot of you know storms that could come to you and and it it, it could be um, bypassed by just like having that open mind of like learning and, and learning from other people and all of that and execution I, I love that. And Victoria, I just want to go back to your networking because I have heard previous interviews with you where you weren't comfortable necessarily going to networking. Like me, I, I'm I'm very much an introvert. So going to a networking event is, you know, it's great, but it's also uncomfortable. So, you know, being vulnerable and putting yourself out there is so important. So kudos to you for for overcoming that and, and continuing continuing that networking. Because the success of Fly and Fetch over the last three years is absolutely due to, you know, the six items that that the two of you have just gone through, you know, finding that right co-founder, you know, surrounding yourself with with creative energy, the energy that you put out is the energy that you create and surrounding yourself with that. And the networking pieces and the two of you have been networking like crazy all through COVID, which has been, you know, one of the biggest challenges, but you've been able to to get your name out there. And, you know, to find grants and find opportunities and all these pitch competitions in order for you to say, you know what, COVID could have put us down, could have shut us down. But we're, no, we're disrupting this industry. We're cheaper, faster, more reliable, and we're going for it. So kudos to the two of you. And I'm so excited to watch your continued success. Thank you what, very much. What is next? What's your, you know, what's your hopes for Fly and Fetch going forward? Yes, so definitely a very exciting time for us. Um, as I've, as we mentioned, COVID is over and there's more um, travels avail- available. So right now we're exploring our B2B customers and um, we are creating solutions for them in terms of tech and be able to solve, like, you know, be able to provide shipping for e-commerce stores. And so that's on the works for us. And we're currently doing that. We're also um, offering our domestic shipping right now. So we're looking for travelers, you know, from Edmonton to Toronto to Vancouver. So anyone wants to travel around Canada, we can definitely help you out. And um, there are a lot of things that, uh, that that is on the works for us. But our goal is for the next two years is for us to build a thousand hubs. And you want to be, and that's like, that's something that we we are working hard on like building. And so we're, we, we really just want to have us like, we want everyone to be able to use fly and fetch as their shipping solution, just in case they're unsatisfied with what they currently have. And um, the rest is just so exciting. A thousand hops. Victoria, what do you have anything to add to that? The only thing I would like to add is that we're also constantly working on improving our services. Right now, we're very focused on doing more customers interview, 
to see what customers love about our services and what they don't like that much in order for us to provide like the very, very best solution for shipping. Continuous learning. The two of you are, you know, words that you're living by. I love that. So where can our guests learn more about the two of you? And more importantly, how do they get involved with Fly and Fetch? Yes. So um, definitely like you can just visit our website at www.flyandfetch.com. You can learn more about us, but we're also very active in social media. So Facebook is our number one social media site right now. So it's just at Fly and Fetch, but we also have Instagram and TikTok. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn as well as we have constant uh, updates there. But basically, we have all our, our, our handles. So it's just at Fly and Fetch. That's so great. Well, I know now the two of you are off to another pitch, so I don't want to hold you any longer. I want to wish you not only good luck today when you do your next pitch, but good luck for the future. And I I look forward to watching this trend of building your thousand hubs all across the world. And, And I thank you both so much for being here today and best of luck to the two of you. Thank you so much, Shana, for having us and um, have a wonderful day as well. Yeah. And just a quick thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. Um, We'll have all the information on these wonderful uh, Victoria and Shelby and Fly and Fitch in today's show notes. Don't forget to visit the Finance Cafe website where you can learn all about our financial literacy program for women entrepreneurs. And thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful week. See you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. Want to dig deeper? As a valued listener, we'd love to offer you an exclusive discount to our financial literacy program. Use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off. Visit thefinancecafe.ca to join or to take our free financial literacy quiz. We would be so grateful if you could show some love for your favorite financial podcast. Just like, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're listening from and help other listeners like you connect with us. See you again next week on the Finance Cafe Podcast.